Welcome to the Testimony Service Podcast, the podcast that will encourage you, increase your faith, and draw you closer to God. I'm your host, Martina. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So in an effort to help our listeners' faith increase, each episode will begin with the scripture. Today's scripture comes from 1 John chapter 5, verses 9 through 11. We accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God, which he has given about his son. Whoever believes in the son of God accepts this testimony. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son. And now for episode 12, Noticed by God. My name is Brenton James Ireland. I am 27 years old, originally born in Broward County, Florida. Right now, I'm currently living in Columbus, Georgia, and this is my testimony. I am a man of God. Why am I a man of God? Because I'm supposed to be dead. I remember being at the JV football game when I was 16 years old. I was on varsity during the time. I was young and I was smoking back then, smoking weed with a guy I thought was my friend. He brought some more people over. I remember just being fine, you know, just enjoying seeing back then. When they lit their blunt and I hit it, I inhaled it, it was a different taste to it. And immediately I, I knew something was wrong. So I stepped out the car and I just felt way too high. I didn't know what was going on, so... I ended up going to the football game, and I remember sitting in the bleachers, and it was just a constant voice in my head saying that I was going to die, like, and it was just re- repeating itself, like, you about to die, die, die. And I was looking at the different people in the crowd, and everybody was looking like cardboard, like when you watch a cartoon show, and they have the crowd, and they just like look cardboard. I just remember people looking like that. And so I called my parents, and I left, and I went upstairs to my room, and I laid down to try to sleep it off. But every time I closed my eyes, it felt like I was sinking. So I went to my younger brother, and I said, I feel like I'm about to die, bro. He was like, come on, man, you tripping. I'm like, nah, I really feel like I'm about to die. So I laid back on the bed and blacked out. At that moment, I knew I needed prayer. So I went and asked my mom for some prayer. She prayed for me, but it didn't kill the drugs because they was in me. So they put me in the shower. I had to take a cold shower. Didn't work, so the ambulance came. And I just remember waking up on a car being pushed, and it was a woman. She told me, she said, it's not your time to go. It was the only time I seen that woman. Then they put tubes down on me in places that... <laughs> I don't want to say it's because it's R-rated. Drained me from all my fluids. Kept me in the hospital. That was the first time when I want to say I was 18 or 19 during this time. I was drinking. I've been. I used to drink heavy every day, like throwing parties and everything. Like I was drinking with some older people and. Back in these days, back in 2012, people used to ride spree scooters. So we all on these scooters, and they're going. You know, they going. They flying down the mountain, this this mountain 
type hill type village like they they gone but me i kind of stopped but in my mind i knew something was gonna happen like it was a voice telling me to just stop and turn around but then it was also another voice saying just go and see what's gonna happen just just see what's gonna happen let it play out let it play out i chose the wrong voice to listen to which was the voice of the enemy and going downhill, racing these guys, and my back brake goes out. And this going down straight slope. So I, I had a lot of momentum. And I just remember looking at the bottom of the hill and seeing a group of people. I told myself, I got two options. I can jump off the scooter right now, and the people at the bottom of the hill, they can move or they can die. Or I can take the risk of hitting the front brake and flipping. Me hitting the front brake in that moment was the best, was the was the clear option for me to do because I didn't want nobody to die because what I chose. As soon as I hit the front brake, that's all I remember. And I wasn't unconscious. I was conscious. And I remember thinking in my head, I can't be dead because I'm aware that I'm flipping, but I can't see nothing around me. Everything is dark, but I know that my body is flipping down this hill right now. And I just thank God because his hands surrounded me. He covered me. It was like I was in one of those clear balls that people run in and, and they'd be bouncing down the hill. It was like I was in one of those as soon as I got to the bottom of the hill, I had clear vision again. And I stood up like nothing happened because God had his hands around me. And when I stood up, people was looking disgusted like, oh, man, man, what's wrong with you? You all right? Man, we got to get you to the hospital. But I felt nothing. I literally felt no pain until I looked down and I seen I was a bloody mess. My ankle was turned the opposite way. And the the scooter that I was on, it was it was destroyed. But I stood up. I was standing up and I'm just I'm just looking at them like, What just happened, you know? And they was like, Man, you was flipping, man. Come on, we gotta get you to the hospital. We gotta get you to the hospital. I used to live in the hood, like, of course they wasn't gonna stay, they just dropped me off, so they blow the horn, some doctors, it was like a movie, some doctors come running out. They wheel me in on the stretcher, bloody mess. They get in the car, drive off just like that. I healed. God healed me quick, and I was still hard-headed. I was smart. I made real good grades, and I was an athlete, so I did have a scholarship to Vanderbilt and Shaw University, but I didn't go because I ended up catching a big case. I was facing 23 years. I'm just crying out to God, like, every day. Because I didn't know I was I was set up to be robbed by some people. The person that came ended up rushing me. They knew exactly what was on me, where it was, and the consequence was I, I ended up shooting them. Those people, when in their interview, just was telling the police, yeah, lock him up, but don't search my phone. And the police never questioned it. I didn't go to court until after 15 to 17 months being incarcerated. My bond was $298,000. I 
I didn't get my emotional discovery till 15 months being incarcerated. I went through five court-appointed attorneys. One of them fired me. He told me he didn't want to represent me when I turned down the plea. It was his first time coming to see me, and he didn't even ask me my name. He just offered me five years, and I turned it down. It was uh, Michael Cashline told me it wasn't no evidence that I was going to be out in October. Never happened. The next time he come back to me, he said, the DA is offering me an open plea for, uh, it was 10 to 15 years. And I'm like, you just told me I'm, I'm, I'm about to get out, man. Like, why is you saying the DA offered me 10 to 15 years? Oh, man, I'm just letting you know. He, he get mad. I'm just letting you know that this is the deal that they want to offer. If you're going to either take it or not, I don't have time for this. And I'm like, dog, man, you my, you my, you my attorney. Like, you shouldn't even, you should want me out. I don't even understand why, why you would want me to take 10 to 15 years. So he get fired. All these different detectives, they was coming to me with cases that I wasn't facing to try to get me to tell on other people. And little did I know the person that they wanted me to tell on, which was back in the days I thought was my friend, he wrote statements saying I organized his whole crime. So I went from having one charge to 13 felonies. And I was 19 years old, sitting in Buncombe County, already fired one court-appointed attorney, the second one promised me that he was, I was going to be released and then came back, offered me 10 to 15. And I, I was, I was lost. I mean, I, I just started calling on God cause I didn't know what to do. I mean, it was my first charge. Is this somebody who was a AB honor roll student already had college credits, scholarships, I'm facing an open plea of 10 to 15, which turned to 562 months. And it's like, dang, what do I do now? So I'm reading different cases like other constitutional rights and different court cases that were similar to mine. Wow, I'm 19. My attorneys, they not coming to see me because I don't want to take a plea. So I'm trying to figure it out on my own. I'm like reading dictionary every day. I'm learning a new word. Um, I'm writing music. I'm working out. I'm, I'm really getting in that mindset. Like, all right, I'm really about to do some time. I'm, I'm about to do some time. Like, if anything, I got to gain weight. And I'll see my people 10 years down the road. Now, my family, they like, they want me out, but we was convinced that I'm about to do some time. I just remember one day laying, I was laying on the bunk that I was on and I was listening to some, I was listening to gospel music. It was Sunday. My eyes was closed and God said, a, a lonely person is being noticed by God. I remember it clearly. God telling me that a lonely person is being noticed by God. And then they end up sending me to the hole because I got mad. And then they end up moving me. And this now I'm on a floor where I'm with, with murderers, rapists, 
I'm on the floor with all these people, 19 years old, never been in trouble. I'm on the floor with them. And, I mean, obviously I had to man up. And that's what I did. My first day on that floor, I stood on the table out of fear. I mean, out of fear, like I was literally scared. But I stood on the table and I said, man, look, man, I just, anybody go in my cell, I'm going to fight them. I felt like I had to I had to make a point. I had to prove myself. I didn't know what else to do. I mean, watching Gangland back in the days, it made me feel that way. Like, okay, I got to make a statement. And and when I when I get here, I, I got to stand on the table because if I don't, somebody going to go in and take all the food that I have. And it wasn't much because this was during a time where my family didn't have much. I mean, we lived in the hood, A.B. Canby Street. And so I wasn't getting commissary back then. I didn't have much food, so... The little that I did have, I didn't want nobody to take it. I mean, I'm on the floor with grown men, so I finally got my motion of discovery. It was 15 months. I read my motion of discovery. No evidence on me. None at all. Now, mind you, I haven't been to court yet. This is 15 months. I had enough time. I went in. I got arrested with no hair. I got dreads now. Not now. During that time, I had dreads. I had enough time to grow long hair. And I'm reading my motion of discovery. It's thicker than a phone book. Nothing on me. Nothing says that I'm a guilty person. Why? Because the five armed robberies that they end up charging me with, because I refuse to be a witness and write statements on another case, of course, I'm supposed to have those charges. The three conspiracies that they charged me with because I refused to be a witness and cooperate in a case that I had nothing to do with. Of course, I didn't supposed to have those charges. The breaking and entry, the allure and the police, it was other charges they hit me with that I, I don't remember right now. They charged me with all them charges, and I'm, I was only arrested for assault for self-defense. I asked the lawyer, I'm like, I got another one now. His name was um, Eugene. I asked, I'm like, I'm not in my emotional discovery except for this dude saying that I orchestrated a crime for him. I didn't get these charges till three months after I was already incarcerated. How can I orchestrate a crime when I'm already incarcerated? In court, the judge and the DA had to correct him because he kept calling me somebody else's name because he was drunk. When I fired him, I ended up hiring this guy named Frank and he said that I was, he was going to get the charges dismissed. He ended up coming back to me and saying, well, the DA said five years. So it went from 10 to 15 open plea to five years. And I said, no, like, there's no evidence on me. Like, this don't make sense. He didn't, he wasn't trying to hear that. So I just asked to go to trial. They told me if I go to trial, it only take one charge for them to give me the max which was 23 years. But I told the other court-appointed attorneys that I would plea out to the assault charge, but I don't want the other charge, other charges on my record because it wasn't what I was arrested for. I ended up signing a plea for four months. That's how good God is. It went from facing 563 months to doing 23 months. It was 18 
in the county and four months in prison. But now I gave my life to Christ, turned everything around. I'm a writer. I moved back to Columbus. I wrote a movie script called Black Lottery. So didn't make some money off of that. I got a good job. <laughs> I mean, I do music. I'm in a place now, and I'm about to get my own condo on the beach. And I just thank God because I had nothing. Sleeping in the car, now I'm about to have my own condo on the beach. It's amazing what God can do. I mean, just God just restored everything for me. Uh, The day I gave my life to Christ, December 31st, right before New Year's 2020, I just remember, like, the word that was being spoke by the pastor, it was directed straight to me, and I was sitting there, and he said these exact words just through the Holy Spirit. He said, if you in here right now and your breath is being short, like you can't breathe, and he said, and you don't know where you're going to go, if you die right now, you need to come to the altar. I got up, and I walked to the altar, and I gave my life to Christ. And God blessed me with the Holy Spirit. And ever since then, it's just like I got a clear vision. And God just been prosperically speaking to me. He promised me that he's going to take me back to each place and restore me for everything that people took from me. From all the time, from being 19 to 27, it's like God said he's going to restore everything. And that's what he's been doing. So I still, like, this testimony is going to be, it's still going, mama. Like, I'm telling you, like, it's still going. So so be ready for this journey because I'm about to go back to all these places and get back what they took from me. And I'm doing it bold because I ain't coming by myself. I'm coming with Godhead, BLF Godhead, Brotherly Love Forever. That's the trinity. Like, that's, that's the name of my company now. I got my own company. Like I said, I'm a writer and I do music. I own clothing line. That's what I'm doing now. So I just, that's my testimony. What would you say is the biggest thing that you learned through all of this? Trust God. Like, the biggest thing that I learned, like, not being carnal-minded now, is that don't don't get mad at people because it's not a, it's not a fleshly battle. It's a, it's a spiritual battle. So you got to know that if you call or, or you're chosen by God, the devil is going to try his best to try to steal kill or destroy your testimony. He's going to try to kill, steal, or destroy you. So people got to know that if you, if you trust God and give your, give your life to Christ, that he's going he's gonna to protect you spiritually. And he's going to bless you with vision and discernment like, no, like you never had before. And that's why I can, I can be happy and, and have wisdom and knowledge and joy and, and just not only speak things into existence, but to speak with boldness because I'm blessed with the Holy Spirit now. So I can't get, I don't get mad at people because I see the spirit that's on them and I call it out. Oh, that's an angry spirit. Oh, that's a lustful spirit. Oh, oh, that's, you know, I, and that's what God blessed me with now. So that's the biggest thing I learned. It's a, it's a spiritual battle and not a flesh battle. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Testimony Service Podcast. If you like what you hear and you really rock with me, why don't you go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already. 
and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. I need them for real, y'all. We trying to climb to the top, get this word out about God and how he changes our lives. I can't do it without y'all. I really need y'all's help for real, for real. And if you have a testimony, I need to hear it. I know somebody listening on here. You're hesitating, but come on, come out of that box and share your testimony. (laughs) Obey Jesus. Listen to him. And uh, we will be back next Wednesday. So, of course, here is a sneak peek for you. Um, Somewhere at this time, they told my husband that if he would have went to work that morning, um, he would have came home to find me in a pool of blood dead.